anyway. The truth is, we were all sold this great lie that being part of a silent majority was something we should be proud of. Being a silent majority allowed a very loud, angry group of people to control everything. And problem there is, that small group of people, they're communists. I say that myself as someone who's the son of a Cuban refugee who had to flee communism. I know the reality of how important the American dream is. I know how quickly we can lose freedom. And that's why this is our last stand. I'm your host, Robbie Starbuck, and I'm going to be diving deep on the issues and people that matter so that together we can save the American dream and once again become a loud majority that steers the direction of this country. If you're with me and you want to spread truth and wake up the masses, you're in the right place. Together, one piece of truth at a time, we can save America. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I'm still a little under the weather, but there's just so much going on. I decided to do a show today. Um, got it together. So we'll dive right in. There's a lot of news today. We'll start with uh, this is sort of the, the top line news. The FAA is experiencing a computer outage as of this morning, and all flights nationwide were grounded this morning. First time since 9-11 that that has happened. Um, that's big news. Again, uh, for those who don't know, the person in charge would be Pete Buttigieg, you know, so let's take a look real quick at what's been going on. Um, Biden was briefed by Mayor Pete early this morning. Biden directed the FAA to restore the system quickly and safely to determine causes. I have a question there. Before he got on the phone with Biden, were they just not doing anything or were they trying to do it slowly? And then it was like, oh, Biden told us do it quickly so um, and carefully, so let's do it that way. I mean, what happened? Because I imagine they were probably working on it uh, when it happened. But again, we've got to go into what what have they been spending their time on under Mayor Pete's watch? Um, so let's take a look at some of this stuff, the FAA and overall under his uh, under his watch, what they've been doing. Aerospace is for everyone. The language we use matters. So this is an inclusive summit. Now, um, it, it, it goes further. That's essentially what they've been up to is this stuff, you know, inclusivity and making sure that the language they use is the correct gender neutral language, of course. So they've begun to adopt gender neutral and inclusive aviation terminology. So that means that instead of it saying notice to airmen, it now says notice to air mission so that they're inclusive of all aviators and missions. No, I'm not joking. That's what they've been spending their time on. And so it should be no surprise that under Mayor Pete's watch, everything has been an absolute disaster. This is what happens when you hire somebody who believes that men can, quote, chest feed a baby and that men can have babies. When you put them in charge of all transportation for the United States of America, this is what happens. We've had a rail strike under his watch, the airplane disaster over the holidays. Then today, the first mass shutdown of all flights since 9-11. And then you go into the supply chain issues we've had, all of this under Mayor Pete. And the funny part is they gave him this job to set him up to run for president. And he could not have failed more spectacularly. Here's the thing. People in his job Generally, the American public don't know who the heck it is, okay? 
they gave him this because it was supposed to be a job that basically ran itself. Nobody's really screwed it up to this extent before, okay? They just wanted to give him a pedestal to be in the media on a constant basis and get his name ID continually up and up and up and to show, oh, look, I can manage this big federal thing. He couldn't manage his way out of a suck, okay? I, I don't understand what he's exactly capable of, and, and they'll go, oh, well, he's a Rhodes Scholar, Honestly, if, if the past couple years of COVID hasn't taught you yet that all of these fancy titles mean nothing, then I don't know that I can help you. That's not, that's not um, something where I feel like you're, uh, you're paying attention to the things that should just be common sense leading you toward reality. And uh, so I don't care that he's a Rhodes Scholar. The reality is you look at the outcomes and what he's been focused on, and you can tell the man's unfit for the job, not just unfit for the job. He's unfit in many other ways. I mean, again, we have to go back to this is a person who believes in chest feeding. Okay, I, I don't think I need to say much more. Now, when we go to the other news from the federal government today, this is a fun one. Gas stoves. The uh, U.S. Safety Agency is considering a ban on gas stoves amid health fears. So I just I want to ask. Why does it seem like everything they're trying to do is an attack on self-sufficiency? They want us more and more dependent on grids and on, on things that they're able to control. Whereas, you know, in my case, I have a propane stove, okay? They don't control the propane as easily as they control the electricity. So, you know, this is something where you could stockpile your propane and be able to to take care of yourself and take care of your family. You can't do that as easily with electricity. You know, I mean, I suppose you can get on a solar grid and things like that. But again, solar is very, very, um, you know, something that's got a lot of problems still to be worked out. And it's not exactly as efficient as they would like you to believe it is. And again, I just want to point something out about the rules for thee, but not for me when it comes to the elite and the Democratic Party. So let's take a look at something real quick. What is this? That would be Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, AOC, and Elizabeth Warren all in their homes using, what are those? Gas stoves. So it's amazing, isn't it, how quickly these people can turn from, there they are in their gas stoves cooking, okay? And these concerns about gas stoves and potential asthma and things like that, They've been around for, for a while. And, you know, to be honest, it's something that, um, you know, I think that you can reason, reasonably ascertain if there's there's a risk in your life based on the ventilation in your home and things like that. You know, there's there's reasonable reasons for somebody who, say, has an asthmatic child to maybe decide to go and do something different. But again, this goes back to our freedoms as Americans. Do we really want the federal government deciding for us what kind of stove we can have? It's ludicrous to me. I don't want a nanny government. I, I never signed up for one. Uh, I was born a free human on this earth, you know, and I believe in the constitutional rights uh, that we all have. You know, again, the Constitution doesn't grant us our rights. They're simply recognized. The Constitution recognizes what God already gave us. We were born with these rights, okay? Our founders simply put pen to paper, and they said, we are going to recognize these God-given rights to make it explicitly clear for the future what America is and what it is not. And what it is not is a country where you're supposed to have the executive branch or some agency dictate to you what kind of stove you can have, okay? But again, these are rules for you know what they consider the peons you know the plebs the elite are never going to go and align themselves with actually following the rules 
And that's something very important to understand. And that's why you see those photos. But then those same people will come out today. And if you ask them about gas stoves, every single one of them, every single one will, will virtue signal until the cows come home about how dangerous they are and how this is a health equity thing. And this is something that we have to do for the children. It's amazing how quickly they can flip. And it's so ludicrous. You always know the Democrats have gone to some new ludicrous point when Joe Manchin says something. Because here's the thing. A bunch of people on the right will say, Joe Manchin, you know, he's, he's a good guy, so on and so forth. Here's the thing, though. He's still a Democrat. He's just an old school Democrat. OK, so I'm glad he calls out the party for being crazy sometimes. But this guy's not a conservative. OK, he's just not totally insane. And I think that's something people have to keep in mind. OK, he's he's still not conservative. He's just not totally Um, to speak up, you know, there's a problem. And he spoke up about it and said, you know, this is nuts. Um, I do have a piece of good news for you guys. And there's a bunch of crazy stuff in the show I'm be covering today, just to give you guys a heads up. Um, I've got a couple really good pieces of news for you. Um, one's just a sweet update here. We'll do. Um, I, I was really touched by this whole thing. Damar Hamlin, uh, for those of you who don't know, Buffalo Bills player who was, um, you know, on field playing against uh, the Bengals when he fell, he collapsed, he had a heart attack, he had to be resuscitated on the field, and then according to his uncle, had to be resuscitated a second time um, at the hospital. That's, again, not fully confirmed, but his uncle said this. Um, and DeMar has now left the hospital, um, is now headed home in Buffalo to um, continue to recuperate. And, you know, it's a sad story. I, I don't think we have the full answers around the whole thing, but it turned into such a beautiful thing because I don't know that I've seen the entire country come together and pray for somebody the way that we did for this man. And I saw videos of him and his community service work, and it opened up a window to why we used to love sports before it became so politicized. Because he's just, you know, but for all intents and purposes from these videos we saw, just somebody who loves their community, wants to give back to kids. And I thought it was a beautiful thing. I saw something I, I haven't seen. I, I don't know that I've ever seen it really. Um, when it comes to a news story, I saw atheists praying and saying, you know what? I, I've never believed in God, but I'm going to pray for this young man. And I hope that they, that if there is a God, he steps in. And I saw people grow mustard seeds of faith through this. And I know that sounds crazy to some people. They're like, you don't even know the guy. Just seeing that it brought that faith to some people, I thought was very beautiful. And um, it's it's great news to see that he's turning it around. Now, I would like answers in terms of what happened to him, because I think we all have our suspicions about what happened. Again, nobody knows for sure until you have the facts. And so I'm not going to speculate on it, but I do think it's a story we're going to follow to see if we can get to the truth of exactly what happened. And I've got some friends in the NFL um, who have their own thoughts. And I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I did post recently, I am going to be doing a deep dive on all the professional uh, sports leagues and the way that they treated COVID, they treated unvaccinated players and all that. And I think, um, you know, that's something that, that we've got to go for. Now, in terms of, um, you know, what happened to him, I will say the one thing that I think should be ruled out is this Commodio Cordis thing, because um, he had to be resuscitated twice. I spoke to multiple cardiologists because I have been following this story. And I said, hey, you know, is this something that's actually possible in this case? Because I've never seen it in football, never seen anything like this. Um, Want to be reasonable, listen to all the facts. 
And every single cardiologist I spoke to said, absolutely not. If you're resuscitated twice, that is not something we see in commodio cordis unless it happens immediately. And I mean immediately. They said it would have to be within minutes of being resuscitated, and that's not the case, according to Damar Hamlin's uncle. So it's something we'll follow, and I'll, I'll continue to, uh, to update you guys on what we find. We'll get to the truth one way or another. Um, now, for... Some other good news, but it has some bad news attached to it. So it's kind of both sides of the coin here. We've got the uh, DOD. I put this out yesterday. The Pentagon has rescinded the COVID vaccine mandate for all troops in order that no one be separated, aka fired for not getting the vaccine. And in this letter, it says that all adverse actions taken against soldiers who refused will be removed slash reversed. It's a big win for our soldiers and families who held the line. You guys know I've followed this very closely. We had a special episode that ended up with millions of views featured on a bunch of different news outlets all over the country with uh, a bunch of whistleblower soldiers. And, um, you know, I know a lot of these people who, who have held out and have lived under the fear of being fired for the past two years and whose children have suffered through this and their spouses have suffered through this. And I know for some people they go, well, this isn't a win because such, such, and such. And I'm going to list those things in a second, but this is a win. Every victory you've got to celebrate because until we get to winning the war, every battle you win matters. And we've defeated at least this first part. Um, I'm going to get to the next steps in a moment, but I just have to say, just yesterday morning, a soldier reached out to me and they were very concerned because they had received a notice that um, they were subject to disciplinary action, which was likely going to be their removal from the service based on their refusal for vaccination. And it's something that we talked about in that episode where we were worried that when they passed the NDAA, the Biden administration was just going to move to quickly separate as many people as they could before it kicked in so that they could um, essentially comply with NDAA, but get rid of everybody. So it was essentially worthless. And thankfully, that was something we were able to keep from happening through a variety of things. But, um, you know, so I, I send this really, really amazing testimony from this soldier to some members of Congress. One of those members of Congress um, from, I'm just going to say from Indiana, I don't know that they want to be specifically named. I'll just say a member from Indiana um, went and took this and ran with it. And they uh, made a big deal, I believe, to, to um, some higher ups. And then later in the day, we get this. I don't know that this is why this happened yesterday, but it was essentially the entire letter was about these flags and about rescinding them and letting commanders know underneath in, within the DOD that you've got to comply with these, these things in the NDAA. Now, here's where it is something we need to be concerned about and essentially the things we still need to work towards. And I need people to be committed to reaching out to their reps about these things. Number one is that we've got to demand that they pass a bill that does the following. We've got to offer jobs back to every soldier who lost their job over this throughout. We've got to restore benefits for every soldier who was forced into leaving, including those who resigned uh, in protest of the vaccine, because I know some who were very high up who resigned in protest, and one of them was within months of their retirement. And they stood for the American people. They stood for our freedom, and they gave up their retirement in order to take a stand against this. So we have got to do this for these brave people. We've got to stand up for them, demand that our legislators do this. I know it's something we can pass in the House. You know, Senate's going to be a fight, but it's something we pass in the House and we need to do it just on principle to make the Democrats answer for why they will not 
do the right thing for these people who have risked so much for our country. Some of these people have been deployed many times. Okay. They've risked their lives for our country. They've been injured for our country. And, um, you know, so I think it's incumbent on us to, to make these calls, make these emails and do that. It's, it's fairly easy to do. If you just search, if you've never done this before, you just search, contact my congressional rep, you know, the first couple of links will direct you in the right direction. Um, and just write them, letting, letting them know you, you really want that to happen. And then secondarily, they deserve back pay. Okay. Um, many of these people had to go and live with their parents or with other family members. I know of one case where they actually ended up homeless for a period of time because they were just dropped, had no money and couldn't get a job quickly enough. And for an interim period till they were able to get a job, had to be homeless because they didn't have family. And so we've got to get these people back pay at least as a way of showing them that um, the government was wrong. And, you know, honestly, they deserve more than that. They deserve damages, but we'll start with back pay. And beyond that, we also need to make the same call for our medical professionals out there. I mean, I don't know that we've ever seen a group of people turned from heroes to zeros faster than people in the medical industry. Because, you know, throughout COVID, the Democrats go, oh, these people are heroes, um, despite the fact that many of them were making TikTok videos. Um, you know, but aside from that, there are many good people in the medical industry. And those people who stood up and said, no, I'm not going to comply with a mandate, lost their jobs. That's still something we need to push on on legislators to fix. Now, here's another piece of this story. Right after that, the never-ending pandemic was continued. Biden yesterday extended the COVID emergency, despite declaring it over just a few months ago. I think we all know that, um, you know, this is a farce, and it has been for a long time. Um, in fact, it has been from the beginning, in my opinion. But I, I don't begrudge people being worried in the very first, you know, week or two, um, you know, as facts kind of developed, because if you remember, there were videos of people just dropping dead in the streets in China, which, by the way, what happened there? What happened with with all those videos? Do you remember those? You remember those propaganda videos of people in China just dropping dead left and right? They were flooding every social media. OK, and so a lot of people were afraid because of that. And so I don't begrudge that. What I do begrudge is, is the people in the media who pushed false narratives, the people at the NIH who pushed false narratives, the people who denied science, the real science. You know, in fact, here's a good, you know, I'm going to jump to a story I plan to put at the end, but I'm going to just jump to it real quick because I think it's important. Um, I saw this um, over the holiday, the case for wearing masks forever. Okay. I just want to know where were these people for the entirety of my adult life and my childhood? Where were they? Because we went through all types of things, all types of, you know, scary flus and this, that. Okay. And I had somebody the other day try to make me feel bad. They said, could you please wear a mask? Uh, my child is immunocompromised. And my entire life, I've been around immunocompromised people. I have gone and volunteered my time to help immunocompromised people. I have never been asked to wear a mask. I've never seen a doctor in a mask. I've never seen a nurse in a mask. And in fact, the people who I trust the most in the medical industry were fighting against the use of masks, even surgeons before COVID, okay? There was a group of surgeons pushing to remove masks from the surgical center, from when they're actually doing surgery, because they said it posed no benefit and actually got in the way sometimes. Okay. So, you know, I don't know what science they're looking at, but when you look at all of the mass studies done, you can clearly see that there's an issue here. And I wish I had the photo with me, but I remember toward the very beginning, 
um, I saw a, a box at a store of masks and on the side of the mask, okay, there was, there was a sign underneath it that said, uh, wear a mask to protect each other from COVID. Okay. I'm not going to get into the lunacy of that. What was funny to me about it is on the side of the box in big, bold letters was very clearly stated. This does not prevent COVID or any other virus. Um, this is an ear loop mask. And it is not intended for the prevention of any uh, viral transmission. <laughs> I was like, did any of you read this? Am I the only one who read the box? Okay, and it's not just the box. You can look at the actual studies. But if you're not capable of reading the box, I know you didn't read the studies. And that's the funny thing is some of these people out there, they think um, people like us are, are you, you're conspiracy theorists. Like, no, I actually read the science. Okay, I read the peer-reviewed papers that you did not read. You watched MSNBC or CNN and you had Don Lemon cry to you about how important it was to wear a mask and you bought it hook, line and sinker. That is not on us. Okay. You're the conspiracy theorist. You buy someone's tears instead of reading the science. Okay. So, you know, I'll never stop thinking that that whole thing, you know, it's simultaneously funny and also tragic because it's like dark humor, right? Because this, these people are destroying our, not just our country, but our entire world. And, um, you know, I think it's something that we've got to just continue to call out reality. But that extension of, of this emergency is just another piece of that ridiculousness. And I think that one of the primary jobs we're going to need to expect from this new Congress is to fight back against this lunacy and try to restore some semblance of sanity, because we've got to get just a semblance of sanity back if we have a chance to, to fight and save this country. We really do. I mean, you just need that sanity to get us through. Now, uh, speaking of data, I'm going to bring some data up for you guys. This is some new data I think everybody needs to know. You can inform your friends and, and uh, you know, maybe some people who have pushed back against you. So Australia had, and this is, by the way, before I get into this, this is directly from the Australian government, Okay. Australia had 1,779 people in the hospital for COVID in the last two weeks of December 2022. So just a few weeks ago. No one, no one in that 1,779 was unvaccinated. The more boosters a person had, the more likely they were to be hospitalized. In fact, 810 of that 1,779 had four plus booster shots. And out of 95 deaths for people who had COVID, 53 had four plus booster shots. Okay. So that's step one. And here's, here's the full chart, which by the way, if you can't read it, if you don't have a big screen in front of you, you can go to my Twitter page, my Facebook page, um, Instagram, all those pages, they all have the full chart listed so people can read it, you know, take a screenshot of it, share it. Um, that is directly from the Australian government. And it says a lot about the efficacy and where it's headed. And as you see, well, you see with all the data that that is, you know, slowly trickling out, and believe me, it is slowly trickling out, is you see this big curve of effectiveness and also side effects and ultimate outcomes, okay? And so you see a small period of time where there's some therapeutic effect, and then you see the total reversal, and you see it get much worse than the unvaccinated group. And that's what's continuing to happen. And so um, there's a little more data here. Germany just broke a new pandemic record uh, for the end of at the end of 2022, same time period. Um, in week 51, 2022 resulted in 37.2% uh, excess mortality. That's 27,436 deaths um, with an excess of 7,240 in a single week. 
So it looks like the measures that they've taken have been working really well. And once again, here is the chart. It is also posted on my pages. And this is, again, directly from the government data. And so, um, you know, Germany is a very vaccinated country. It is a country where they, in fact, one of the most vaccinated, and they have had some very, very strict COVID rules. And yet we're seeing these excess mortality rates go through the roof. And there's no explanation. And, you know, I think maybe some of you guys will appreciate this um, when it comes to the no explanation part. Um, this is going to be a funny part. Then we're going to get into some very serious breaking news in a second. I'm going to play this funny video for you guys first. I saw this this morning from an account named David Wolf on Twitter. I believe he he's the creator. If he's not, Happy to be corrected, give that person credit, but I'm gonna play this video. I thought it was hilarious. It plays into exactly what we're seeing happening right now. Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking all Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water. And nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. Over here. If we want to operate at the speed of science, there's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves, but not the wrong kind of attention. At Kaufman, schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciency sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. Kaufman, because... <laughs> so again, dark humor, but um, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> I think a lot of what we're going through, it, it aligns with what we're seeing there. And here's the thing, there's gonna be some people who get it who don't have these, these outcomes, but the, the, the problem is, is they forced, they forced huge groups, millions and millions of people to get something they didn't want that has these potential outcomes. And therein lies the problem, because if you choose to take a risky medical procedure, that's, that's your business, okay? You wanna do that, knock yourself out, um, that's on you. But when you force people and the outcomes are as severe as we're seeing, there needs to be consequences for it. And I believe that that needs to be the priority going forward for the people who are on the right side of history 
Um, that's going to hopefully mostly be in the Republican Party. I doubt any Democrats will choose to be on the right side of history on this issue, but maybe I'll be surprised. And, uh, you know, we've we've got to make this priority. We've got to. It can't just be hearings. It has got to come with a full-throated use of every lever of power we have. And that's why I am very hopeful about DeSantis' grand, grand jury down in Florida. For those of you who haven't heard about that, he has assembled a grand jury exactly for this. And um, I'm hopeful that we'll see some, some semblance of consequence for the companies and the people who push this knowing what the outcomes could be. Um, I don't have the chart with me or I'd share something with you. Hopefully we'll have it um, on Friday or on Monday for you guys from the CDC in terms of the fact that they knew about a 50% increase um, in your risk for, for certain outcomes. And so I, I want to make sure we do that responsibly, though, and give you the, the actual data directly from them when it comes out. Um, so we've got some big news for you guys in a second here. I'm going to um, tell you guys a big story. Before we do that, I just want to thank Patriot Mobile. They've been a big supporter of the show and especially um, our episodes that are pre-taped. You know, we couldn't have done it without them on the the is they're a cell phone company they have the same service as all the other major providers and you keep your phone number keep your phone all that stuff when you change over you just stop paying woke companies and you pay a patriot-owned company and everything service-wise you see no difference it's the same standards and so um, i'm a big believer in what they're doing they put your money into action so they fought for a bunch of school board races and flipped them from democrat to republican in this last election and they're doing things like sponsoring my show instead of going and advertising on cnn and so i think that's something we need to reward if we want to get away from these woke esg craven companies who want to destroy our country and our values and everything we believe in we've got to really be the type of people who will act on our convictions. And so if we're convicted about the things that we care about, we've got to put our money where our mouth is and go and support companies that are going to then turn around and use our money for actions to support our values. And so that's why I'm a big believer in Patriot Mobile. Um, you get free activation if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Starbuck. Big supporter of them and hopefully you guys will be too. Now jumping into the big news, um, this is a, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to preface it. Just watch the video. This is, this is a recent video of the Moderna CEO announcing their newest product. As you say, cardiology, we have now in a clinic, a super exciting program when we inject mRNA in people's heart after heart attack to grow back new blood vessel to help revascularize the heart. So it's a bit like science fiction medicine, but that's, so that is really exciting to me. But the, the other side of this is that right now, Moderna, though it has this pipeline, has one commercial product, and that's the spike vax. That's the actual COVID vaccination. So that's the irony of COVID, is it really has in some ways allowed you to go and develop these other areas because of the revenues that came through the door. You're 100% right. Wait a minute, just, just so we make sure we got this right. Moderna has now got an mRNA treatment to put directly into your heart if you have a heart attack to help restore your heart function. Are you guys following along with me? Okay. And even the interviewer was so close to seeing the truth. He was just a few inches off. He goes, isn't it amazing this wouldn't be possible without the COVID vaccine coming first and you guys making so much money from it? He was so close 
so close. The real reason I think everybody can put together here why this was the next logical thing for them to go and try to roll out. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You really don't. It's something you can put the pieces together. I'm not going to do it for you. I think you can put them together. You know, uh, you, you all were given brains. And I have to be a believer that those brains have the capacity for common sense and that you can put this all together. Okay. This is a company who has made ungodly amounts of money selling the COVID shot to our governments using our tax dollars and then turning around and saying it's free. That's something that drives me crazy. Okay. Is they go out there and say, Oh, these shots are free. Who do they think is paying for them? Do they think there's a giant money tree that, that pays for all these? No, it comes from us. It comes from our tax dollars. I, I don't understand what planet they're on, nothing is free. It is not free. Okay, please, please, anybody watching, even if you hate me, you hate my politics, please stop saying these are free. They're not free. They come from our tax dollars. Maybe you don't pay taxes. They come from my tax dollars, okay? And I just, I, I think that is one of the most frustrating things, this idea, oh, everything could be free. Nothing is free, okay? Nothing is free, especially under this oligarchy, these elitist lunatics who are running the world right now. I don't understand. Honestly, I will say it's impressive that they have gotten some people, a large group, to believe that all of these things, you can have free college, you can have free health care, you can have free COVID shots, you can have free this. They're even talking about free housing. I saw a thing the other day in Oregon. Okay, The new governor there is proposing a bill that will be so much money to deal with the homeless problem, that it amounts to $109,000, $109,000 per homeless person in Oregon. And I was like, are they buying them houses? Are they putting down payments down? What is going on? How can you spend the amount of money that California and Oregon and all these you know, left-wing utopias have spent on homelessness and not only not solve the problem, but actively make it worse. Does that not say something to the people there about the politicians and policies they're electing? The money's not going to fix homelessness. I think it's very clear to me, my opinion, okay, preface with my opinion, this is money laundering. It's, it's just a different form of money laundering than the type you see actually get charged. This is an elitist form of money laundering, which means it's legal. They funnel the money to people who are their supporters and their friends, and here's what happens. So it goes from the government. Your tax dollar goes to the government. Government then takes that, okay, run by these insane leftists in a place like Oregon or California, and they go earmark it out to different groups. Their friend Sally creates a company called like Pandemic Unlimited or Unhoused and Suddenly Happy or whatever they name the company, Okay. They earmark millions of dollars for them, okay? Those companies then do nothing but virtue signal, have a nice website, fill social media with photographs from, you know, just promo photos, sometimes even stock photos. And then they pay themselves. And then they go and they turn around and they max out contributions to the politicians, okay? That's how it works. It's a form of money laundering. It's just totally legal because the elite are the ones doing it, you know? And I hope people wake up to that. But... You know, back to the, the core of this story, 
you know, they're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're openly sitting there gloating about this amazing product they're going to put out there. It's going to make them a ton of money because there's all these heart problems. I mean, how many stories have we seen just in the past month of all these new causes of heart attacks? I'm kicking myself right now that I don't have these images here, but I mean, I've posted them on my socials. We've got climate changes causing heart attacks. We've got, um, you know, uh, not having enough access to heart care. They said just the other day caused 30,000 heart deaths. You know, they, they've got a list, a plethora of things, the snow and, you know, the uh, gas stoves. I mean, it goes on and on. There's all these things playing video games. I mean, they've got an entire list that they've been rolling out over the past month of about 30 different things that can give you heart attacks. And uh, it goes back to that list of coincidences. Um, I guess it's just really unlucky for everybody who's, who's having these record amount of heart issues right now. Um, now, here's another thing I'll play for you guys. It has to do with this. And then we're going to jump to other subjects. There's a lot of stuff going on. We've got a lot of stuff, um, some very funny, some serious news. But before we get to that, one last thing on this subject is this doctor. I want you guys to check this out. Hello, my name is Dr. Joseph Raymond. I'm an emergency physician based in Louisiana. In addition, I am a clinical scientist. I was the lead author of a peer-reviewed study that reanalyzed the original Pfizer and Moderna clinical trials for the messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccines. We found the vaccine increased serious adverse events at a rate of one in 800. At the time of publication, my co-authors and I did not believe our single study warranted the withdrawal of the messenger RNA vaccines from the market. However, since its publication, multiple new pieces of evidence have come to light, and this has caused me to reevaluate my position. An article published in the BMJ regarding the FDA's own observational surveillance data found the messenger RNAs were associated with multiple of the exact same serious adverse events identified in our original study. But the FDA had failed to inform the public of these findings. In addition, now we have multiple autopsy studies that find essentially conclusive evidence that the vaccines are inducing sudden cardiac deaths, yet the rate of these vaccine-induced deaths remains unknown. While many nations that have been using the messenger RNA vaccines have experienced an increase in excess mortality, more people dying than should be expected from past years. And this correlates in time with the initial vaccine rollout and then with the subsequent booster campaigns. Nations with higher messenger RNA vaccine uptake have correlations with higher rates of excess mortality. While the cause of this excess mortality is not known, researchers analyzing this data were unable to identify any other reasonable cause of the excess death other than the vaccines. Given now that Omicron variant is less virulent and is able to evade much of the protection offered by the vaccines, this creates a situation where the benefits of the vaccine have been dramatically reduced in, for hospitalization and, and death. Together, this information calls into question if the vaccine's benefits are outweighing the harm. I believe, given the information, the messenger RNA vaccines need to be withdrawn from the market until new randomized controlled trials can clearly demonstrate the benefits of the vaccine outweigh the serious harm we now know the vaccines are causing. 
So that's, you know, again, a doctor who was pro the vaccine before and was somebody who was on board with this, was a part of studies and so on and so forth. And he has now flipped his view to say these need to be taken off the market. And I saw uh, Cheryl asked on Facebook, why was Johnson and Johnson discontinued? And again, this goes back to blood clots. That was at the core of why it was discontinued. And again, now we see with the other ones, we're having these same issues. So why are the other ones not discontinued? That's a good question for the CDC and the NIH. And I hope we get to the bottom of that because, you know, this is a serious problem for a lot of people. And it crosses all political lines. It crosses all, you know, ages, all, all races. It, it's something that is is affecting many, many, every community, really, in some way or another. And so we've got to figure it out. Um, I also saw Darlene on Facebook was uh, talking about how California is, you know, kind of unsavable at this point. And I've got to be honest. I agree. You know, um, there was really only one thing about California that I missed personally after, um, you know, many years away from it. I haven't been to California in, I think, almost five years. Um, and that was in and out and we just found out yesterday in Tennessee, In-N-Out is making a $125 million investment to expand out to Tennessee. We're going to have In-N-Out in Nashville, probably in Franklin and some other spots in Tennessee over time. And so there's officially nothing about California that I miss at all. And, um, you know, it's, it's really gone downhill in so many ways. And I heard a rumor as well that uh, Scott Weiner, if you live in California, you know who this guy is. He's a disaster, probably one of the scariest uh, politicians in the Democratic Party in terms of their ideology, because he is just an absolute lunatic. Um, this is a guy who changed the uh, laws when it came to pedophiles, um, where it basically, uh, he he said, you don't have to go on a registry if you're within 10 years of the child in age, uh, and a host of other issues. The guy's nuts. And I've heard a rumor he is going to be running for governor or for Nancy Pelosi's house seat in the next election. And uh, he's so well liked within the actual party apparatus, the guy actually has a chance to win uh, in, in one of those two scenarios, whether it's governor or Nancy Pelosi's seat. In fact, I would say he would be the favorite for the Democrats there if you were talking betting odds. And that tells you everything about how far gone California is. I mean, th this guy could not be more extreme and he would be the favorite, I think, for either one of those scenarios. Um, and, and the state has just gone downhill in every way. Everybody is leaving the state that I know or has already left um, because they just can't take it anymore. It's, I mean, they're punishing anybody who wants to just be successful and do good. You're punished consistently and constantly. I mean, just look at the eggs, okay? If you live in California right now, you barely can find eggs. If you can find them, it's about 10 to $12 for one thing of eggs. Never been happier to own chickens in my life, by the way, because no matter where you are, eggs cost too much. And um, so, and I will say for people, if you've thought about getting chickens and you just think it'd be so much work or a money pit, honestly, they, ma they make you money if you're somebody who eats eggs, it's cheaper having your own chickens than it is to go out and buy eggs. And they're very easy to take care of. And honestly, they've been wonderful for our family. Our kids love them. They love going out and picking the eggs and everything. Um, you know, and if you if you don't have a rooster, the hens are really nice. Um, our rooster is another thing altogether. The only person he respects is me. Um, but everybody else, he gives them trouble. He's always like jumping in, in their face and stuff. And so, uh, but 
the roosters do protect the hens. So, you know, it's, it's a debate, you know, if you live where we do, you know, we're out in the country. So like, I like to have a rooster in case a fox comes by or a skunk comes by or things like that. He's a good little security uh, system. And so, um, you know, but, but to just go off that point, California has completely lost the plot in terms of reality and common sense. Um, but going to jump into some other news. We're going to go wildly off course here, and we're going to go to some entertainment news, okay? Um, Golden Globes were last night. I predict they will be the lowest ratings year over year. Every year I predict this every year. I'm right. Um, and this is the headline that somebody sent me today. Menswear steals the show at the Golden Globes, okay? That is their idea of menswear. Guys, has everybody lost their minds? That is not men's. I just want to be very clear for anybody confused. This, what I'm showing you right now, this is not menswear. Okay? Never has been, never will be. Never has been, never will be. I'm just, I'm going to keep it very simple. Never has been, never will be. And you have some serious problems if you think that it is. Okay? There is, and it's funny. I'm going to be honest. It's funny. I mean, I laughed at it, but it's also not funny. Because there is an actual agenda to emasculate men in America. And not just America, but the world. But America is a very important, critical part of that plan. They want to emasculate men because if you have a country full of emasculated men, you have a country of men who will not fight back, who will not question, who will comply, who will actually enforce compliance, if anything. Because they become subservient. And that's what this is a part of, an agenda to make men subservient and emasculated and lose their God-given biological roles in life. Even if you don't believe in God, this is an innate reality. You look at human history, okay? You look at human history, there's an innate reality that men were designed with specific intentions, okay? Even if you just believe this all happened by chance, which I think in itself is a denial of science and reality and the chances that everything just went swimmingly and perfectly, it's very clear to me that we were created by, by our God. But um, even if not, even if you don't believe that, I think you can tell there is a real plan to emasculate men. And it's something that we've got to stand up to and we've got to raise up our boys to not be the type of people who will ever fall into this. You know, I'm raising my son to stand up for the vulnerable. I, I want my son, and if we have future sons, I want them to be the type of man or even boy to stand up when they see a woman or a child in trouble. I don't want them to stand back with a cell phone and record it, okay? I want my son to be an upstanding citizen. I want him to be well-dressed. I want him to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I want him to open doors for people. I want him to say, please and thank you. I want him to know how to hunt. I want him to know how to be self-sufficient. I want him to know how to take care of his family in an emergency. I want him to know how to be smart and wise and thoughtful with his money. I want him to be somebody who's not afraid to stand up for what he believes in and is not afraid to burn down everything when it comes to career and money. If that is the question, if it's you can have those things or you can have your integrity and your values, you choose your integrities and your values every time. That's dangerous to the machine. That's dangerous to the elite. They don't want that future. They don't want a nation of children raised up with those values. They want a nation of children who believe that this is menswear. Okay? 
It's not. We're going to keep it very simple. It's not. But we have a duty as parents, as citizens, as grandparents, whatever you are, an aunt, an uncle, I don't care what it is. We all have a duty and an ability to step up and to build a culture that acknowledges that masculinity can be a great thing and should be a great thing, that it should be embraced, that men have a role, and that it's not wearing that. And until, until, we, until we accept that as a reality and we say we're going back, we're going to, to roll back this agenda to emasculate men, we're in big trouble. You know, we really are. Um, some weird other entertainment news. This came out this, this uh, week. I don't know if you guys saw this. This is Elon Musk's circle, okay? So this is the circle of the people who um, I guess he's most influenced by and talks to the most on the internet. And, and that's my face up there on that circle. I didn't know that this was coming out. I got sent it about a million times. And, um, you know, I don't know, Facebook um, and Instagram and Rumble and some of the other places are a different place. But, um, you know, on Twitter, some of you don't follow me there, but on my Twitter account, I have a very active Twitter. And him and I go back and forth quite a bit, but I thought that was funny. Um, it was sent to me so many times, I promised somebody I'd throw it up and, and show it on there. Um, going back to the, these elitists, um, this is just an interesting story. Um, this Billie Eilish, most of you probably don't even know who she is. She's a singer a lot of young people like, but I thought it was a good example of how Hollywood has built this system of just total depravity and hypocrisy. Uh, she claims her fear of ill, but she won't stop selling merchandise or traveling the world via jets, private jets, Okay. This is Hollywood in a nutshell, okay? First of all, I guarantee you she knows nothing about the subject, okay? First of all, she's not even attuned to the fact that her handlers would prefer she use the term climate change because global warming is not happening, okay? So that term is now no longer in favor when it comes to the elite. They want climate change because then you can go either direction. If it's cold, it's climate change. If it's hot, it's climate change. If it's in the middle, it's climate change. You know, you can have climate change all the time, but... You can't have global warming all the time. So they switched over. Billy's got to get the memo on that. But, um, you know, this is just par for the course of these people, though. They they really believe that they're so much more important than an average person that they go, oh, well, me using private jets all the time and me, you know, uh, creating all of this merchandise that is is going to be, you know, um, contributing to my carbon footprint. Um, that's okay because I'm different than the other people and I'm being a good influence. And by speaking up on the topic, I'm doing more than enough. <laughs> I mean, if you can get through that with a straight face, you have problems. Okay. Um, they really are deranged in the way they think about these things. And I think that that's something that, um, you know, people avoid just, just directly say they are, they are deranged. I worked with these people. I directed these people. Okay. Um, and, Honestly, this is a funny thing. Sometimes young people come to me and they go, Robbie, um, do you regret burning down your career in Hollywood? You were directing some of the biggest stars in the world, Oscar winning actors, actresses, some of the biggest music stars um, to stand up for what you believe in. I don't regret it for a second. In fact, I only regret one thing. I regret that I did not do it sooner because um, sometimes you don't realize how miserable you are until you change a, a behavior, you change a habit or you change something in your life. And I didn't realize how miserable I was in the industry until I broke out of it and made the, the active choice. I knew I was not happy. I didn't realize how miserable I was being in, in, in that world. 
And it was a byproduct of the fact that I wasn't in a Hollywood family. I wasn't born rich. You know, I just worked hard and I got lucky and was able to get where I got in the industry. But, you know, that system is filled with these people. It's run by these people, the biggest hypocrites that you've ever seen. And that's something that you really like no amount of money can can pay for the peace of being away from it and being able to um, dismantle it in different ways. And so that's something um, I don't regret for a second. And I always tell young people, do not look up to these people. Do not look up to these people. You will never meet a more depressed, um, you know, mentally disturbed group of people in your life. Yes, there are some good ones. But even in the good ones cases who, you know, they've got their head on straight, they still have a few problems. One is that they tend to be very silent about their beliefs because they're afraid of losing opportunities and money. And that's something that I was not willing to make, um, you know, sort of excuses for anymore. I wasn't willing to make that transaction in my head, my values for money. Um, I wasn't willing to do that. That's that's something that I think people in Hollywood have to, to take more seriously. Um, but then on the flip side of that, they never know who they can trust. They're very unhappy people because everybody's always trying to get something from you. And as a byproduct of that, it's misery. And so I always tell young people, do not look up to these people. Total hypocrites don't know what they're talking about. And when it comes to political subjects, 90% of what they say is something filtered through a PR person who told them to say it. It was not their idea. It wasn't they wanted to talk about a subject PR person puts together good words for them. It's that the PR person comes to them and says, you need to say something about this. Or even worse, the PR person has access to all their social media and says it for them. And the person has no clue, finds out. And they get briefed on and they go, okay, all right, I know what I have to virtue signal about. Um, but they don't actually care about this stuff uh, by and large. They really don't. Now, the other big news over the weekend was um, that Joe Biden, well, would you look at that? He had classified documents in a private office at a think tank in D.C., okay? And he took that with him after he left the White House. Now, there's this other guy who had classified documents, he left the White House, what was this? Donald Trump, okay? And the entire apparatus of Washington, D.C. has been working to try to throw President Trump in jail over having classified documents. Now, herein lies the problem for Joe Biden and the Department of Justice. President Trump was the president. The president has the unilateral ability to declassify anything they want to, simply by saying so. Donald Trump did so. So by proxy, even though they're marked classified, these things would be unclassified. Whereas Joe Biden was vice president who does not have that unilateral authority. So these documents were in fact, were in fact actually going to be a problem for him because they're classified. Okay, they don't simply become unclassified because you like Joe Biden. And so Department of Justice and the Biden administration, they've got a real problem on their hands because this thing, this this act they've been putting together for a few months now to try to take down Trump on this classified documents thing, it's not going to work unless you take down Joe Biden too. And my immediate response was, I want raids. I want raids. I want them now. Okay. I want raids. I want them yesterday. Okay. You raided Trump for documents. Who's to say Joe Biden doesn't have more at his other houses? I want his whole house raided. I want Hunter's house raided. I want everybody's house raided, okay? Go raid their houses and go look for more documents because they, they did it for Trump. It, we need to have equal application of justice here. Go raid all their properties and I demand arrests too, okay? We need, we need all those things. 
And, you know, I mean, it's just sometimes things happen that make it so clear how two-tiered our system is. And this is one of those things where you see it and you just, oh, everything's corrupt. Everything is corrupt. And this is what our founders would be most ashamed of, is how corrupt our system has become in general. Um, it's not one specific thing. It's the overall of corruption and everything, how incestuous Washington, D.C. has become, which is why I always say, I think one of the greatest things we can do is divorce all of the major federal agencies from Washington, D.C., get rid of a bunch of them, by the way, okay? Because like Department of Education is a duplicate Okay, we already have departments of education on the state level in every state. Okay, we do not need to fund a separate one on a federal level. In fact, I want you to think about it this way. What if you had two CEOs? Do you think that that would be productive for your workplace? Both saying opposite things, both having different standards. Do you think that would be productive in any way? or good for the employees or good for the business? Absolutely not. In no way could that be productive or good. That's going to cause conflict. People are going to feel like they can never make anybody happy because the, everything's out of alignment in terms of what they want. And that's what happens when it comes to the Department of Education. We should call it the Department of Indoctrination. I saw uh, Johanna on YouTube said that just now, and I agree with you. We should call it the Department of uh, Indoctrination. Uh, but there's two sets of standards. So I say, if you're going to have one at all, have it on the state level, okay? Because a state knows what's right for that state, and states have individual laws about education. So we should be empowering the people on that state level to make those decisions in application of the state's laws for education. The federal government is unfit. And that's just clear as can be. You look back, and this is what I always tell people who are surprised at first or taken aback when I say abolish the Department of Education on a federal level, they're taken aback. And I ask them a very clear question, okay? What has happened to test scores in our country and education outcomes since the establishment of the Department of Education? Have they gotten better or worse? These are very clear things. There's very clear answers to the question. It is objectively worse and not by a little bit, by a lot. Our education standards have taken a nosedive. Our outcomes are much worse. Look at a place like Baltimore, where you have seven out of 10 students graduating high school unable to be proficient in math and reading, okay? Graduating, they're graduating them like that. The outcomes are far worse than they used to be. And the Federal Department of Education has been a harm, a direct harm to children. And it is all about money. I saw Gary on Facebook uh, bring that up. It is all about money. Every bit of it is about money and about power for the teachers unions and for the Democratic Party. And that's the truth. Democratic Party cares more about themselves, about their power, about their money than they do about kids. And it's not close. It's I mean, is this even a question after COVID? They shut down these kids, stuck them in their homes, put them on Zoom. Learning loss through online education was massive. They didn't care about the negative outcomes for kids. They didn't care about the lack of socialization. They didn't care about the fact they were ruining their immune systems by not exposing them little by little to different things that pop up. They didn't care about any of it. It was about the money. The Democrats got the It was about the power. The Democrats got the power they wanted. 
They didn't care about the kids being forced masked. They didn't care about the kids being forced to get vaccine. They didn't care about any of it. As long as they get their money and their power, then, you know, it's the greater good in their eyes. And that's why the greater good is, is one of the most evil theories, you know, you can have. The greater good always has a victim. And that's something people have to keep in mind. Sometimes the greater good, the victims of the greater good matter more than what somebody believes is the greater good. Greater good is subjective. And so, um, you know, it's why I always say it's one of the most evil ways to sort of practice your ideology is just by saying, oh, it's the greater good. You better have damn good reasons to do things because greater good is not an explanation for people on policy, especially policies that hurt or even kill people. Um, now to jump to some more crazy news, education-based. USC, yes, the college in Southern California and LA will no longer use the word field over its racist origin. I'm not joking. This is New York Post. This is a real story. I'm bringing it up again. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, guys. I really do. I don't know what happened to our... Sometimes I wonder, you know, there's a theory about parallel uh, universes, uh, parallel... Um, you know, dimensions and everything. And sometimes, you know, I, I do give some credence to this idea because sometimes I feel like I went to sleep and I woke up the next day on planet crazy and that everybody just went nuts on one side of the country and lost their minds. Because I remember the nineties, none of this was being, there was nothing like this, nothing like this in the nineties, early 2000s, nothing like this at all. Nobody was talking about, you can't use the word field because it's racist. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to expand on this. Look, the University of Southern California School of Social Work will no longer use the word field in its curriculum, citing its problematic roots in slavery. USC's Suzanne Dworak Peck School of Social Work said the change was critical to support anti-racist social work and inclusivity. The, we're talking about the word field. The word field. I just want to make that field. I don't even know what to say. Honestly, you look out your window right now, you probably see a field. I did not know it was racist, but you all live by racist fields. Okay, now, according to USC, you all live by racist fields. I mean, whew. Okay, moving on. Hashtags promoting child sex abuse material on Twitter blocked following investigative report. I wanted to bring this up for a specific reason. Uh, my wife has been calling for this for years for years. And I just want to call out something very important. People who work in the space my wife works in, who fight um, to end exploitation, fight to end trafficking, who work on prevention stuff to prevent trafficking, to prevent exploitation, they don't really get credit for all the work they do. A any of the people who work in this space, um, it's it's not something that's like a, a job where there's a whole lot of thanks from people. It's honestly, they have to go through and, and be exposed to a lot of really, really evil, dark stuff. And I just want to give, you know, some credit to these people who have been pushing for this for years. They've known about these hashtags under the old Twitter regime before Elon came in and bought it. And they did nothing. If, if I showed and you know what, I may do this. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and take screenshots of uh, conversations I had with old Twitter executive about this very issue. I had to fight tooth and nail to get actual child sexual abuse material removed from the platform, okay? There was accounts who were using these hashtags to spread it everywhere and to send it. 
and we were notified by a victim. I gave it to Twitter and said, you guys have to remove this ASAP. Twitter did not remove it until I continually and continually pestered them to do it, that they were hurting kids. They were hurting victims. Under Elon, they've now blocked these hashtags, thank God, and are doing a lot to stop this stuff. Um, you know, we're going to keep pressure on, though. We're going to keep watching it. And if anything laxes over there when it comes to this stuff, we're going to be watching the company and we're going to let them know and we're going to let people know because we've got to do everything we can to stop this. This is an absolute epidemic. This is a pandemic, honestly. This is a real pandemic. Is the abuse of children and the trafficking and exploitation of kids across our country and our world. Um, and I'm just so proud of the work my wife and her organization, Freedom Forever, are doing. So if this is work you've ever wanted to be involved in or volunteer, or you just want to donate money to the cause of what they're doing, because they're fighting on every front. My wife broke the story about the Vanderbilt transgender clinic, and then Matt Walsh picked it up and really blew it up nationally. But she broke that story. Um, you know, and started the process of what we now have, you know, we're at the point where the first bill brought into this new legislative ses session is going to be dealing with these issues and banning transgender uh, sex changes and all so on and so forth for children in our state of Tennessee. So um, the work they're doing leads to actual action is what I'm saying. And so it's good stuff. Go to freedomforever.us. It's really, I couldn't be more proud of her. I'm going to jump to some other stuff. DeSantis, um, he has vowed to ban the Chinese Communist Party and their operatives and companies from buying up Florida property, especially farmland. This is something I've been calling for for years. I posted about it on Facebook and everywhere else already, so I'm not going to spend too long on it. But I just want to say, if you're a Republican legislator, you're watching this, or a governor, I know some governors follow me, please, please do the same thing. I've been asking for years and years and years, ban China and all entities from China from buying farmland in America. I would like you to ban all, all land purchases, but at least ban them from buying our farmland for goodness sakes, okay? And to make this very simple for people, would you invite your worst enemy to be your house sitter? No, clearly not. That'd be crazy. That'd be dumb. We all know that. Like, let's break things back down to common sense level. Okay, sometimes people overcomplicate issues and they go, oh, well, it could cause this geopolitical issue or that or this or that. Sometimes you need to break it down to a child level and just say, would you invite your worst enemy to come and be a house sitter for you? Very clear, that would be a dumb thing to do. It's just as dumb to allow China, actually, it's more dumb to allow China to buy farmland in our country, okay? They're, they're without a question our worst threat in the world, okay? They hate our values, or at least what our values used to be. They hate who we are as a country, and they want to topple us. They would like to overpower us. And the funny thing is they're not shy about this. They say it explicitly, and they've been saying it for a long time. And so if we then turn around and go, sure, buy up our farmland, we are stupid, okay? We are. There's no other way to say it. We are stupid if we allow that to happen. We can't allow it. And so um, I'm going to continue to be very vocal about that this year because I think we do have the wheels turning in the right direction to finally get this done and make it happen. Because I've even seen a couple of blue dog Democrats get on board with this idea. And I really hope we can get the numbers necessary to make this happen everywhere because it is a threat to our country, to our, our people in every way. Imagine 
I want you guys to imagine something real quick. And I, I think that politicians avoid talking about these issues way too often. And I think we need to see more of it. We need to ask questions and give very clear answers. And so here's one. Imagine China did want to attack the United States of America. Imagine they wanted to do it without firing a shot. What would they do differently than what they're preparing for right now? How would they prepare differently? I don't think you could say they would prepare any differently than what they're doing now. They already have 70% of our pharmaceuticals touching their shores before they reach America. Okay. Let's pretend you poison half of that. Okay then simultaneously cut off the food supply on the farms that Chinese entities have been buying up that have amassed more land space than the entire state of Ohio. Okay. Imagine you choke all that off, cause supply chain disruptions. They can do that too, because ships shipping everything, all of our regular necessities, they come through ports where China controls things. Imagine they choke all of this off at once poison our pharmaceuticals, attack our infrastructure, shut down our electricity, all of these things without firing a shot. You realize how quickly, how quickly things would turn into absolute chaos? This is why you don't allow your enemies to ever have the ability to do these things. Don't allow them to buy up your farmland. Don't allow 70% of your pharmaceuticals to touch their shores. Don't allow all your manufacturing to get sent over to that country. We have to change things. We're in a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship with our government and with other governments, honestly, but with our government. And people don't talk about that enough. When you're in an abusive relationship, you know, you're with somebody who is. And if you don't deal with it, you don't change things, you don't get yourself out of the situation, you will continue to be in an abusive relationship. And so there's a lot of change that we're responsible for making happen ourselves because the abuser is not going to change. It's incumbent on us to change. It's incumbent on us to change our tactics, change who we put in places, change who we empower and think fresh and new, think outside the box, demand new things. And so that's, you know, where I hope we're headed. Um, it's a part of this craziness. I mean, obviously, they're not headed there in Oregon. Take a look at this. Oregon is allowing public schools to hide the use of neo-pronouns from parents. Sorry, I was taking a drink of water at the same time. I, I was actually very talented. You couldn't see it behind the picture, but I was drinking while talking. Um, Oregon allows public schools to hide official use of neo-pronouns from parents. Okay. Do you guys know what neo pronouns are? Fae, fair, fairs is one example of them. They, it's basically, you can make up whatever the hell you want. Okay. You could call yourself Daisy, Dazer, Daisier. I mean, you can make up whatever you want. So in Oregon now, um, you could do this in class and the teachers will hide it from your parents. And not only that, they will affirm it. They will affirm it for you and they will let you know, yes, you are fae, fair, fair, fairy, whatever it is. Okay. Um, and I've had enough. If you live in Oregon and you're accepting this, you got no one to blame but yourself. It's time to leave. Time to leave. Don't subject your kids to it. I had this talk with somebody in California the other day. I had to give them tough love. Their kid goes to a school, required to get the vaccine, required to wear a mask, required to do this, required to do that. All these problems. Oh, they get a test on racism and, and you know, how, you know, they had to take a break for George Floyd Day and everybody had to kneel and blah, blah, blah. I said, they don't have to. 
you're making your kid go there. Why? Well, I have a good job. Okay, well, that's even that's even more of a reason why you have the means and ability to leave. You have no excuse. You're punishing your child for no reason and subjecting them to this reality. Get out. Save your kid from the madness. I mean, that's something I do have very little, I guess, empathy toward is people choosing to stay in places where it's very clear your values are not wanted there, not going to survive there, not going to be fought back. Where where communists have essentially taken over, like save your family, save your kids, okay? Go to a purple area or a red area. Purple area, you'll help make it red, okay? Red area, family's good, you know things are good. Do it strategically, especially. I've talked about this before. You live in AOC's district, you live in Nancy Pelosi's district, and you're a Republican voter, get the heck out as fast as you can. Go to a purple area or a red area, one of the two, okay? I prefer purple because I would like you to help flip it red, but being very honest with you, your life will be a million times better in either places, okay? Especially in the red area, but let's go with the purple because that helps us strategically, if I'm being honest. Um, but, you know, you've got to get out of these places. It's just crazy to stick around and subject your kids to it. Um, again, here's another one of these places, Chicago. Inspector report finds that hundreds of Chicago teachers sexually groomed and raped children, okay? The Chicago Board of Education's Office of Inspector General annual report found that hundreds of Chicago public school teachers were accused of adult-to-student sexual misconduct in the 2021-2022 school year. They opened 447 cases investigating teachers for grooming, sexually assaulting, or raping Chicago public school students last year following 325 opened in the previous year. A CPS teacher allegedly talked to students about their sex lives. I mean, I don't even want to read this stuff. It gets awful. It really does. Um, it's bad. I'm going to slide through these so you can pause, read them if you want. Um, but I mean, these people, they raped kids. They, they did all, they did horrible things. It was, it's, it's horrific. Here's what's scary. Chicago's not an anomaly. Okay. We have a grooming problem. We have a sexualization of children problem. We have a pedophile problem in America that is at a point we haven't seen before. Okay. And this is, again, this goes back to the many different changes that we've seen take place culturally in our country. And it connects actually to, um, you know, in my mind, I connect all of these things we're seeing, you know, one disaster after another, as Charlie on Facebook says, connecting them all together, you know, you actually see things like, you know, the record gun violence is in association with culture problem. It has nothing to do with guns, has nothing to do with any of that. Okay. We've had the same guns for 60 plus years. We had AR-15s over 60 years ago. We didn't have mass school shootings. Okay. And they were available for a consumer to just go in, get them. There was actually, it was easier to get them. Okay. We didn't have the problems we have today. Why is that? It's a culture problem. It has nothing to do with guns. Okay. And it's the same thing with all these issues. It goes back to culture. Okay. Politics is downstream of culture. You think our politics is crazy? It's because our culture is crazy. The, the crazy culture goes, slides right down into politics and politics gets crazy. That's why the Democrats are totally nuts. The Democrats and the leftists in the media, in entertainment, who are really the you know, gatekeepers of culture, they took us to this crazy place. 
Okay. And, you know, you see that reflected in every piece of media that's out there. I just saw before we came on the show today, they've got a new Scooby-Doo. The last Scooby-Doo movie, they talked about Tinder. They talked about uh, how masculinity is toxic. Well, the new Scooby-Doo thing is a show called Velma, where they sexualize the entire Scooby-Doo gang. And uh, Velma's a lesbian now or bisexual. I'm not sure which. She's one of the two. Um, and people are on drugs. They talk about their drug use, um, things like that. Um, a... Uh, they have nudity, all types. Of, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. This is supposed to be a kid's intellectual property. It's a show that's always been for kids. So when a kid searches for something about Velma or about the show, eventually they get exposed to this stuff. Okay. All of this is cultural rot. It seeps into every other part of our life. And so when you mass sexualize kids in entertainment, the result is going to be a society with a sexualization of children problem, with a pedophile problem. And that's what we have now. It's what we're seeing in this CPS story with Chicago Public Schools and with all the other stories we've seen this year. I was talking you know, before about the work my wife does with Freedom Forever. It's why all of the things they highlight are happening. It's at the root of an evil culture that is perpetuating it in every part of our society. And so if we don't go do the work ourselves to stop this. We need to support places like freedomforever.us because they are doing the work. You want to go and beat back that rotten culture. This is how you do it. And so, you know, some people aren't willing to talk about it. In fact, you know, I will say I'm amazed by the amount of people who they'll see a story like this about Chicago and they'll say, oh, I don't want to see that. That's so, that's so sad. That makes me sad. Or that's disturbing to me. I don't want to see that on my feed. Well, I'm sorry, you live in this country, right? People are being subjected to this every day. And guess what? Those people are children. They're being subjected to it. So you know what? You can take five seconds. You can take 10 seconds and be exposed to the story and go get the truth out there. And if you're not willing to do something about it, support somebody who is. Because we need adults, men and women to step up for kids right now. This is a serious problem. This is a real pandemic. We have more human slavery, more human trafficking, more child exploitation, more child sexual abuse material right now, this moment than we ever have before in history. And we are the human beings, the adults alive who are responsible for stopping it. And we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Because we need people to step up. We need people to stop looking away. We need them to look at what's happening right in front of them and say, you know what? Nope, no more. Nope, I'm not making my kid go to this public school where they're sexualizing everything. I'm going to do the hardest thing. I'm going to make all these changes. They're going to be difficult. It's going to be rough. I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to go fight the school board. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to push for these books to be pulled out of a library with pornography that's being exposed to kids. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight all of these institutions and powers within culture that are using every inch of what they put out to destroy our kids' minds and indoctrinate them. We need to be willing to do that. If we don't, what are we? Why are we here? What are we doing? What are we doing if we're not willing to stand up for the most vulnerable among us? We've wasted this life. We've wasted our opportunity. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I refuse to sit down on my deathbed one day and have wasted this opportunity. I refuse to sit there and say, I didn't stand up for the people who needed somebody to stand up for them especially the most vulnerable, especially our kids. 
So I hope you're with me. I hope you do something about it. Make some sort of commitment to yourself, whether it's supporting an organization or doing something yourself and being an activist in your community to stop this stuff. You know, statistically, every single one of us right now who's watching, you know a pedophile, statistically speaking. Okay? Problem's not getting better, guys. It's getting worse. And we really need adults to step up. That's just, you know, I know it's an uncomfortable subject, but we have to have uncomfortable conversations. If we don't, we're in big trouble. And so um, I'll move on. Next story. Um, and I know it's a lot of bad, crazy, weird news. Some days are better news. This is a weird, crazy day. The non-binary person that Matt Walsh uh, debated with on Dr. Phil got a brand deal with Abercrombie and Fitch. I'm bringing this up because, again, we're talking about culture, right? We're talking about how culture rots the insides of who we are as a country. Here is your latest example. I'm going to let you guys look at that for a second. This is a, this is a mentally ill person, okay? I pray for them. I hope that they get their life together. I hope everything gets better for them. Our culture is glorifying this. It's teaching young people to go and pursue it. That's what you put on the front pages of magazines, what you put on the front of ads. You know, suddenly fit workout magazines have obese people on them. And look, I don't care if you're obese or not. Honestly, it's none of my business. What you decide to do with your own life, that's your business, okay? Um, I make my choices, I eat healthy, you know, I, I, I do what I think are the right things. You do you, not my problem. It becomes my problem when you're going and you're advertising to kids that unhealthy lifestyles are something that you should look up to and something you should try to be. Okay, when you put it in a position of authority or idolization or something like that, it is, it is wrong. It is wrong, it is evil. And it is a part of this plan to destroy our country. It's very deep-rooted. You know, the one thing I will give the left a lot of credit on, they understand the value of culture and the right does not in general, okay? Especially at the upper ranks of the Republican Party, they do not understand culture, okay? And, you know, somebody like Andrew Breitbart, he understood culture. Steve Bannon, to a degree, understands culture. Um, Andrew Breitbart probably understood it the best. I think out of anybody, um, you know, God rest his soul, but he, he understood it. And we have got to have this cultural fight. We have got to build our own culture. The old culture is not coming back. They're not giving you a seat at the table. And the fascination or idea that they will is a delusion, a delusion born from some sort of weird reality you think we're going back to. We're not. We have to build a new, okay? The old isn't coming back as much as some of us would want it to. That old world's gone. When the left goes so far the way they've gone, there's no way to go walk backwards because we no longer share reality with people who are living out common sense in their daily life. When that's no longer your reality, you have to go and deal with objective reality in front of you and build a new. That means we need a new culture. We need new cultural institutions, new movies, new shows, new music, new everything for our side. And I'm, I'm saying one of the big mistakes they've made in the past is they only create overtly religious material. Well, guess what? You get nobody new with that. There's a bunch of moderate people in our country who don't think about politics very much. And they need to be won over too. And the way you do that, and the left understood this, is with subtle injection of your values in entertainment. And progressively, 
it became less subtle with the left. And now it's just totally overt and out there. And it's why all of their shows suck and all their movies suck now. And nobody wants to go see them anymore because they've lost the plot on subtlety that they understood in the past. And that's what got them here. The right needs to use subtlety once again within pillars of culture to attract people to the values that are really the values our country was born and thrived under. And that's going to be one of our, our next challenges over the coming years is making that happen. And it's why also I'm promoting companies like Patriot Mobile. You'll see sliding across the screen. If we don't support these other brands who are alternative pillars of culture who will fund things like Patriot Mobile is, you know, helping us to pay for episodes where we have to go get cameramen and editing and all that stuff where like we did with the unvaccinated soldiers and the whistleblowers and, um, you know, the episode with with the Navy SEAL Chris Beck revealing everything that happened there. That's companies like Patriot Mobile help us to be able to do that. Um, and that's a testament to the fact that when you create alternative ecosystems, parallel economies, you build parallel cultures, too. And you start to be able to build out things that are different and new and fresh and are something that are in alignment with your values. So if you're at one of the major cell phone companies, you have no excuse. Go switch today. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Starbuck. Get free activation. Keep your phone number. Keep your phone. And you're supporting a Patriot company that is going to then turn around and use the profits not to go help some ESG, woke, you know, inclusivity, BS. They're going to go and put it into school board races, shows like this values that you believe in. There's no excuse not to do it. So I hope everybody goes and switches today. And if you have switched, go ahead and comment on the social feeds. Let people know what your experience was. I think that's good for people to see like, hey, actually, this is awesome. They have the same service as all these other places. And that's the way the big ones always get you is they go, oh, well, we have the best service. These companies have the same service standards. Okay. So it's definitely, it's worth doing. A um, couple other things for today. I was going to bring this up. Um, Sad story. So this guy, you know, before you get too upset, this guy, he's an NFL player before. His name's Uche Naraneni. Not, I'm sorry, I I butchered that. I didn't mean to. You can see his name up there. Um, he tweeted this previously. Okay, so let's get these vaccine mandates and vaccine passports up and running ASAP. We're seeing children, or I guess he said, we seeing children die daily from the unvaccinated selfishness. Pregnant women at risk to protect life, mandate the vaccine, jail anyone who refuses to protect life. Okay, this is also somebody who, by the way, believed in abortion. But um, that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying, um, unfortunately for his family and everybody else, um, he passed away, um, had a sudden death. And I'm just pointing out, um, you know, when he called to jail people for something... You better be real sure that what you're calling for, you have all the facts on. John Bolton announces he will run for the White House in 2024 against President Trump. So John Bolton is running for president. I figured after a heavy show today, everybody needed to laugh. So feel free to laugh. I actually am really excited about this because I can't wait to see John Bolton just destroyed I want people like John Bolton to see what people really think about their warmongering craziness. Um, there has never been a war John Bolton didn't want to send 18-year-old American boys to go die in. And I have zero respect for him. I have zero respect for anybody who can't. I'm going to stop myself. John Bolton is in the pockets of every single defense contractor you can think of. And he would do anything to make those people happy. 
And I'm excited to see him soundly rejected by the American people. I want him to have to look in the mirror and know that nobody supported him. Nobody supports these warmongering ideas and that he is truly a sick, sick person in a just world. People like him who want to send 18 year old boys to go die. They'd go to jail for doing it because they've thrown these boys and girls into endless wars that America got nothing out of destroyed families, took fathers away from their families. I mean, the damage they've done is incalculable. But that's the thing. To them, this is all a calculation. To them, these are just pawns. These are dollar signs. These, these aren't people. When they send 18-year-old boys off to die in some foreign country in the middle of nowhere, we have no business being in the first place, trying to fix something that has been broken for thousands of years before. To them, it's just a game. These are game pieces. This is about money. It's about defense contract. Everybody's got to make sure that they take care of these, these contractors. That's the reality for people like John Bolton. And so I'm happy to see him soundly rejected in a world that is unjust where he won't be put in prison for what he's done. Um, you know, at least we can watch him go and make a fool of himself and have people soundly reject his ideology and everything he stands for. Because he's an awful person. In fact, I said, um, you know, some people are, did you ever say anything negative about President Trump? Did you ever criticize President Trump? John Bolton. <laughs> yes. When when he brought John Bolton on, I criticized that heavily. Um, and to my, to my credit here, I was right. And President Trump knows that. And uh, President Trump knows that there were definite personnel issues. And in fact, that was the, the top thing that I ever criticized President Trump for was personnel issues. People like John Bolton, people like... Um, you know, uh, there's a whole list. I mean, I, I think you all know, I don't want to start down that trail. I'm just going to say there was a lot of personnel issues there with people who did not have the best interests of our country. I mean, look at people like General Kelly. Uh, I mean, just an awful, awful person. Look at the generals. Look at the people who are in charge. Look at the people who got you know, things like that. That's the thing that's got to change in 2024. We need much better personnel, okay? We have got to make sure people like John Bolton don't get within sniffing distance of the White House ever again, okay? And I think President Trump knows that. But um, it's it's important that expectations are set in terms of what things are very important, okay? Um, and that's one of them. It's very important that we get that right. Now, um, to end the show, I've got a few funnies for you guys. Um, okay, here's one for you guys. This is to end the show today. We've got a couple funny things. This is a long show today, hour and a half. Thank you guys who stayed with us the whole time. A um, couple funny things and then we'll, we'll be done. Here's the first one. This came from TPUSA's uh, page today and I thought it was hilarious. I just wanted to show this to you guys um, because this is as prescient today as you could imagine. Maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried... Seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. How horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? You mean like Democrats? <laughs> so that was the explanation of what zombies are from, from an old Bob Hope movie. You know, I don't think I've ever told you guys this. Um... That's how I fell in love with cinema. That's how I fell in love with film was I watched all black and white movies. We didn't have cable for most of my childhood. And um, 
I rented uh, old black and white movies, you know, Doris Day, Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin, Bob Hope, all, all that stuff, you know, all that craziness. And um, I fell in love with, with uh, you know, all that and the way that they could entertain people. And things were so much simpler in those films. Um, <laughs> but I, I love that scene, you know. what are Do you know what zombies are? And it, it goes through this amazing explanation. It goes like, kind of like Democrats. Um all right, so a couple other funny things. Before we get to the other funny things, though, I have something to ask of you guys. Please share the show with your friends. Share it on your pages. Get it out there. The more the show grows, the more we're able to do cool things and go out to do cool interviews that are really in-depth and get to the bottom of the truth. And your support really, 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 really helps. It does. So share it. Make sure your friends see it. Talk to them about it. Um, the bigger the show gets, the more truth we can uncover. And that's the that's that's really as simple as it gets. I just want us to have the resources to go after the truth on every front and fully investigate it. One of the shows we're working on right now, pre-taped ones. Um, well, first, tomorrow, there's going to be a pre-taped episode out with an FBI whistleblower. So there, there will not be a live show tomorrow. It's going to be the FBI whistleblower show will come out, I believe, 6 a.m. on all platforms. So if you listen on the audio side... Um, I apologize because on the live shows, you're probably like, what is he talking about? I can't see that. Um, you know, video is better for the live shows, but for the pre-taped, it'll be available on all platforms, you know, um, Apple podcasts, rumble, YouTube, Facebook, so on and so forth. Um, but one of the ones we're working on for the future is we're getting medical professionals, doctors, nurses, radiologists, people from the medical field to uh, dive deep and give us the truth about what happened throughout COVID, what their experiences were, the side effects they're seeing, the damage they've seen done. So if you know somebody who is in the medical field who would be interested, please go to my Instagram page. It's instagram.com slash Robbie Starbuck. And there is a post. It's about fifth post down, I think has my email address on it. And it's it's a call out to medical professionals. Send me an email. Let me know if you would like to be a part of this. Um, that's going to be a good one. Okay, so next one. Fun but infuriating. Okay, this is funny but infuriating, but I had to share it with you guys because if I have to watch it, you do too. Okay, here we go. This is Woke Jeopardy, and this is at a church. Okay, this is at a church. They're playing Woke Jeopardy. Ready for this? The group charged with learning about the racial dynamics of power systems and structures within UUCW. Yes, Beth. What is the anti-racism transformation team? That is correct. <laughs> so Beth, you and Jeannie are both members of the team, are you not? We are, yeah. Well, thank you for that. And you now control the board. Oh, all right. Dave, let's try a new category. How about terminology for 100? People of diverse racial, ethnic, educational, class, gender, ability, sexual orientation, backgrounds, and identities all come together in an interdependent relationship of love, mutual respect, and care, seeking justice within the community and the world. Yes, Beth. What is beloved community? Right again. Might I ask, Rob, where you learned that? Oh, sure, Dave. Um, when our congregation was voting to pass the eighth principle, I, I can't continue to watch this. I'm getting stupider by the second. I mean, I'm going to pray for them. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to use what I'm feeling for prayer and pray for their, their souls and their minds to get right because... Um, 
That is that is a lot. Speaking of a lot, here's another one. I'm going to end the show, by the way, with something I agree with because I've talked about a lot of things that I disagree with. We're going to talk about something I agree with at the very end. Okay, two videos left in today's show. This one is important because I just this I talked about culture. I talked about the importance of our our you know masculinity in men. I need to also talk about the importance of women and women being protected, okay? Because this new craze where men think they can slap on lipstick, throw on a tight dress and get, you know, cartoonish type features attached to their body and suddenly call themselves a woman while using a high-pitched valley girl voice, it's not okay. Making a mockery of women is not okay. And this is why masculinity is so important because men need to stand up for women. They need to stand up and tell other men, no, what you're doing is not okay. You don't get to make a mockery of women. You don't get to make a mockery of my mom, my wife, my daughters, my aunts, my grandma. You don't get to do that by turning their female experiences into some sort of weird joke, into some sort of weird fantasy you have. That's not how it works. And so this video went viral for this very reason. I'm gonna show you guys. Why? Stop. Why is this thing not hot? I swear to God, if anyone says welcome to a woman. I can't take the crazy anymore. I really, like, I, I can't, but I have to also, <laughs> I feel like one of the things I have to do is expose the crazy. So I just want to make very clear, men cannot have periods, period, under any circumstance, not even if they think they're a female, okay? Not even if they've deluded themselves into believing that they're a female, they still can't have periods. It's not possible. It's biologically impossible. That is a fact. We don't talk enough about facts anymore. It is an indisputable fact. There is no other side. There is no debate. This is clear. You guys talk about science. This is funny. They belong to a party that calls themselves the party of science, yet they deny the most basic, absolutely indisputable science, like the science of biology that men can't have periods. Okay? It's sick. You know, some people will just laugh at it, but it's honestly, it's not just laugh worthy. It really is sick. I mean, this is, this is sick and it is offensive to women. Okay, M my wife is not female clothes. She is not lipstick. She is not a purse. She is not a high-pitched voice. She's not a period. She is a woman with experiences that only a woman can have. I can't have those experiences. I'm a big guy. I don't have those. I'm, you know, six two. She's a five foot tall woman. Like we don't have the same experiences. We have different biology. That's just a fact. And we have to get back to stating what the truth is and not being afraid of facts. Okay. This idea that nobody can be offended anymore. It's, it's toxic, frankly. And I see too many conservatives play into it by not wanting to offend anybody. And I just want to remind you guys something. The 90s were kind of cool, okay? Let me tell you why. Um, there's a lot of reasons. We'll just give one today. Maybe this will become a normal thing. I'll tell everybody one cool thing about the 90s, okay? Um, one of my favorite things about the 90s, though, was that when people said something offensive, everybody usually responded with, 
Well, I don't agree, but it's a free country. That was, I heard that all the time. Okay, all the time. Comment if that's the, if you heard the same thing. You heard, well, it's a free country. We disagree, but it's a free country. You know, people would just disagree, but you'd say offensive, that, you know, what today would be considered offensive stuff because it was the truth. But it's the truth, and it's a truth that needs to be actually affirmed, okay? Um, it, it's important. And I see Kat, Kathleen sent in a story about Harvard. Harvard Medical School offered um, courses on healthcare for LGBTQIA infants. Babies are not gay. Babies are not trans. I can't believe we have to say this stuff. That's a Fox News story. If you missed it, it's on Facebook in the feed. Kathleen on Facebook, put it in the comments. Um, whew. Infants. Harvard. Harvard teaching classes on healthcare for LGBTQIA infants. I'm impressed I can say that, by the way, LGBTQIA, because they change it all the time. It's quite a mouthful, but I got it. Um, whew, it's a lot. Um, all right. I promised you guys one thing I agree with. Here it is. Ready? One thing I agree with is this clip of Morgan Freeman talking about Black History Month, because he's a Latino. I hate like them making, I don't want a month. I don't want a Latino month. I don't want Hispanic heritage month. I don't want a week. I don't even want a day. Okay. I'm American. I live in America. I don't need a Cuban day. I don't, I don't need any of this stuff. Okay. I just want us all to be American, get along with each other, find shared values. Don't have shared values. Don't be friends. It's very simple. You know, everything that we don't need months. For, I'm just going to play the video, but I agree with him hundred percent. Black history month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you do with yours? What, which month is white history month? <laughs> well, 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 come on. Tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month Jewish. is Jewish history month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a black history month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. There you go. That's how it works. Okay. Um, amen. Amen. That is how it works. That is how it should be. We are Americans. Stop separating us. And that is the left's ultimate, I mean, this is one of the number one things they have to do to maintain power, authority, and money is they have to divide us. They cannot hold on to power if we're, if we're not divided. If we're united, they can't do it. Okay. Period. They can't, they have to put us into these separate camps. They have to break it down into every small thing they can. You have to either be, you know, if you're gay, you're in this gay camp, you're a Latino, you're gay, you're in the Latino camp. You're a gay Latino. You got to be in the gay Latino camp. If you're black, then you're in the black camp. If you're black and you're gay, you're in the gay black camp. You know, they've got to separate us into all these different groups because they need us so divided from each other that we can find no commonality anymore and that we turn against each other and everybody's an enemy except for your small little group, okay? 
they need that. That's what keeps them in power. Divide and conquer. Okay. Our job going forward is to find ways to build coalitions that want to be free. Freedom is a uniting idea, an aspirational idea. We talk about a lot of negative stories and everything else, but we have to build aspirational visions. That is what is going to ultimately unite people. Okay. Unite against a common enemy and unite for an aspirational vision. That is what we've got to work towards in the future. It starts here, starts now, it starts small, it starts local, and it starts with each of us. So I hope everybody commits in some way to make some changes, do some things, be great. You were made to be great. God put within us, every single one of us, even if you don't believe in God, you have within you the capacity to do great things. And that is going to be my challenge to you this year, throughout the year. Strive for greatness, reach for greatness. I don't care what disability you're born with, what issue you had, if you were born poor, born rich, all of us have our stories. We all have our things. We all have the stuff that holds us back or pushes us forward. Let this be the year you're propelled forward. Believe in yourself that that capacity for greatness lies within you. And that greatness also has something within you that can unite us. We unite, we can defeat the elite. We can defeat those who want to create an evil culture to destroy the next generation, destroy our, our planet, our country, everything we believe in and our freedom in service to their own power, their own wealth. We can do it, but it starts with each of us. And until we believe and accept that each of us individually have the power to change things, that we're not too small to change stuff, nothing will change. They've sold us these ideas that individuals can't change things because they're afraid of the power of the individual, especially once we unite one once together. If we unite together, then they're very afraid. Imagine a group of people who all believe in their individual capacity for greatness, then uniting together to go and reach ultimate greatness. Nothing more scary to the elite. And so that's my challenge to people. Love you all. Have a great day. Thank you for watching today. And we'll be back tomorrow. If you have time, check in, I think, early in the morning, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., something like that. I think it's 6 a.m. Um, East Coast or Central Time. Sorry. Um, show will be up with the FBI whistleblower. Lots of great stuff in it. It's worth a watch and a share with your friends. Again, share the show. You want it to grow so we can keep doing cool stuff, doing deep dive interviews and doing investigative journalism that so many people are afraid to do. So go ahead and support the show by sharing it so that we can, we can keep growing. Thank you, guys.